Today's program is sponsored by Reformation Sites, an easy-to-use website platform helping Reformed churches reach out more effectively. Listen at the end of the podcast for a special offer. This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. He did not show up in Corinth and seek to out the celebrity orators. He came in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and he did not seek to bring glory to himself. He recognized that he was a, an ambassador, a minister, and he was there to represent Christ. Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. My name is Jonathan Master, and I am here joined with my friend, James Dolezal. James, how are you today? Jonathan, I'm doing well. It's good to be here. We're joined by a friend today remotely. Dr. Brandon Crow is Associate Professor of New Testament at Westminster Theological Seminary. He's an author, and he's most recently written a book on productivity called Everyday Matters, A Biblical Approach to Productivity. Brandon, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Now, I think Our listeners who are familiar with your other work will know that you're most closely associated with writings on the New Testament, uh, New Testament studies, those kinds of things. So why a book on productivity? How did this all come about? I'm very curious about the backstory here. Yeah, you know, this is not a book that I ever thought I would write, uh, and it's not the sort of thing, as you mentioned, that I normally do. Uh, But a couple of things led me to write this. One is having taught for over 10 years at a seminary, We have a lot of students who work very hard and have a lot of different things to juggle. And consistently, I hear the prayer request that I need to know how to balance life. And that's certainly something I resonate with. And so that leads me to the the second thing is, is I've had to figure these things out for myself over the years. I never had a class on this. Uh, Never did anyone really tell me how to do this. You pick up things from your parents and from people you admire and, and, and from other things along the way. But I found myself several years ago as a young professor with a young family who had to write new lectures and who had to continue to research and so forth and had a number of, of administrative responsibilities. And so I started to look into these things uh, with much more focus on how do you do everything? What are people are saying about this? And uh, I found a lot of help there. But I also found that a lot of these books are not written from a biblical perspective. And even Christian books, so-called, some of them are more, some less explicitly Christian. Uh, But some of them, uh, many of them, I should say, many people I have read have been influenced by the health, wealth, uh, Norman Vincent Peale thinking. And so what I wanted to do is a couple of things here. One is be as theoretical and practical together as I could. And so that is put everything in one book everything that I've learned and everything that I've tweaked as much as I could put it together in a compact book to help students, to help pastors, to help professors, but really to help anyone who has to manage their own schedule. And and the other thing I wanted to do is beef up the biblical discussion, even with good productivity books that are trustworthy, that don't flesh it out. What does the Bible say? Many of them will simply skip that step and say that's for another book, which is, which is one legitimate way to do it. Others may not have as good or any of a theological foundation. So I wanted to bring Reformed theology, biblical teaching together, and then combine that with some how-tos that led to the product that we have now. Early in the book, you, uh, you have a little section, what not to expect from this book. And so it's not uh, the power of positive thinking now with Bible verses. <laughs> uh, it's, 
it's something more than that. If you could, and I think probably a lot of our readers just or listeners somewhere along the line have come across this kind of purpose-driven or power of positive thinking, um, which certainly resonates because there's something in that. But maybe you could locate for us uh, a couple of sort of biblical perspectives on productivity that really stand in contrast to those more popular kind of self-help, how to organize approaches. Yeah, so a a couple of things the book is not. Uh, It's not a self-help book. And I think Amazon may have it listed under self-help, but I say in chapter one, this is not a self-help book. There's no silver bullet that can fix everything. There's no one trick. And th- those are a couple of things it's not, and it's it's not going to solve all your problems right away. It's not a, a, a switch you can flip uh, because scripture tells us that it takes time, it takes hard work, it takes consistency. And the goal is not to build the biggest cities or to be the most well-known, the goal is not to accomplish your dreams. The goal is not to fulfill your destiny or something like that. The goal is to be faithful and to love God, to love your neighbor. And sometimes that yields remarkable results that you can see from an earthly perspective. Sometimes it doesn't. And so that that um, measurement mentality that you see in a lot of productivity books, I think measuring things is very helpful. But an over-reliance on a measurement mentality can be not necessarily the best way to measure faithfulness. And so you have a book like, you know, Ecclesiastes. I, I talk a lot about Ecclesiastes. And it, it, it tempers our ambition because we're going to hit a wall at some point. We can't do it all. And even if you did it all, you might be missing some of the good gifts God has given you, which is don't work all the time. Work is good, but work is frustrating. Work is, is affected by the fall. And so we should not expect that things will always go well. Now, combined with that is a book like Proverbs which says, if you want to be successful, here's the secret. Work hard, be consistent, be diligent, and plan ahead, but don't just plan. You got to get to action. And so bringing those two sort of angles from wisdom literature together, I think is really helpful. To me, this is a remarkable feature of Paul's apostolic ministry. It's not a detour from his apostolic ministry to make leather goods, to be, a, a, as we call a tent maker. For all of the the emphasis on preaching the gospel, being a missionary, being a pastor, he shows the Thessalonians that I want you to follow my way of life, which includes working hard with my hands and providing for those in need. And it's a remarkable feature of Paul's ministry that probably doesn't get discussed as much as it should. Right. We don't have any discussions or fanfare about um, the quality of tent that he built though I like to imagine they were very fine tents, but but nevertheless, uh, that was a way for the apostle to work heartily as unto the Lord, um, but it wasn't um, preaching and teaching or very public at all, and perhaps there he didn't even have his own brand line of Apostle Paul tents that commanded top dollar, uh, but it was, it, it's, the, it's the good of vocation even without fanfare. I'm glad you bring that up because I think it's easy to think that um, we want notoriety for the smallest of accomplishments, but perhaps not the right goal then. Yeah, it, it's it does underscore the dignity of, of hard work, of, 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 thing, of not being noticed and so forth. And Paul tells us to do whatever we do to the glory of God and work diligently, as you said. And surely he, he worked at that well, worked diligently at it. 
And um, it's it, it goes hand in glove with his focus on his apostolic ministry that was countercultural, even in the ancient world. You know, he, he did not show up in Corinth and and seek to out celebrity, the celebrity orators. He mm. he came in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And and he did not seek to bring glory to himself. But he, he recognized that he was a, an ambassador, a minister, and he was there to represent Christ. And he could do that by making a tent. And he could show us that it's not spiritual to avoid earthly needs. That's more Gnostic than it is biblical. And he shows us in his lifestyle that he wasn't a huckster. He wasn't in it for the offering plate, as, as we might say today. And he was there to bring the gospel to certain communities, at least, free of charge. And, and to provide for his needs, the labors worthy of his hire, and that apparently applied even to his tent-making trade, not just to his apostolic preaching. Now, he probably also leveraged that as a way to talk to people, to have people into whatever shop he was working in, and those sorts of things. But we're still talking about something different than standing up in front of the, the, the synagogue or the, the public meeting hall or whatever and preaching about Christ in that sort of a format. Brendan, it's it's a great point about Paul. I mean, I'm struck you mentioned his Corinthian ministry about the way in which he's able to say, in comparing himself to the false teachers, I worked harder than all of them, uh, yet not I, but the grace of God working in me. I wanted to ask you about some obstacles that we encounter to this kind of perspective uh, of being productive, of working hard. You have an, an entire chapter in in the book about pitfalls that we face what are the things that you observe in your own life, in your students' lives, uh, that keep people from that kind of activity? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we have uh, working against us now is the thinness of our work, is how easy it is to be thin and to check something off a list but not actually do it well. And, and what I mean by that is it's so easy to be distracted. Most of us work, especially in if we're in ministry or school or professors, we have a computer with us all the time. And if we're working on a computer, they check the ballgame score if there were any ballgames. You could you know, look up a book you want to buy. You can easily distract yourself. And what that leads to is what activity gurus have called attention residue, You know, where you, you move back and forth between tasks, but you're multitasking. But really multitasking is switching back and forth because you can do only a few things simultaneously, like maybe chew gum and walk or listen to music and write or something for some people. But you can't actually be writing two books at once. You know, you can't actually read a book and be typing an email or listening to a sermon and, you know, typing something. You've, you've got to focus on one thing at a time. So I think that one of the problems is this notion that to be productive, we need to multitask. Well, most people are really a lot worse at multitasking than they think. But even if you can do it, it's not the best use of your time because it will probably take you longer to do that task than if you only focused on it. And it's very likely that you won't go as deep with that task. The roots will not be as strong if you are simply you know, diving into it, coming over here, diving into it, going over there. Uh, but you've got to stay focused on it. And of course, we all, I mean, this is not something I have figured out, uh, but it's easy for me to still want to multitask and to do several things at once or I'll think about something. And instead of writing a note to do that thing in 30 minutes, I'll just go ahead and do it. And I'll stop the task I'm working on. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. And so that the danger of multitasking, I think, is really cost us time and, and unfortunately too often quality in the long run. 
Is it a problem of focus? Because I know that when I attempt to multitask, and I, I will say I've seen people who, as you say, can can do this more effectively than others. I'm not one of them. But when I try it, it gives me a sense of accomplishing something uh, because I'm doing a little bit of a lot. But uh, to your point, uh, maybe, maybe it's that whole uh, biblical theme of being still and setting your mind on one thing um, as opposed to many things poorly or discontent with the task in front of me. So I run to find uh, another because I know I'm supposed to be productive, but maybe I, I lack what it takes for productivity. Part of it may be that the notion that busyness equals productivity. If you're frenetic mm-hmm. or you're busy and you got so many things on your plate, well, you may be busy, but are you being as effective as you can be? Which is a question to ask as well. It seems to me that that uh, multitasking is something you can do for some types of jobs. I mean, it, typically the most valuable things that we can be doing is it, it takes depth. And if we're talking about theology, and maybe we are here on, on this podcast, then there is something particularly to be said for putting away distractions and going deep with theology. Now, one thing I'll mention by way of example, learning biblical languages, for example. One of the, I think the benefits when I was going through seminary in college, I didn't have a computer for these things. I didn't have a computer to look these things up. And so it's, it forces you to look at the hard copy of what's in front of you. And if you don't know it, you know, you can't take two seconds to look at it and then go look at the computer to get the right answer. And so having the, the difficulty up front to let the roots go deeper, I think it's, it's overall has been a benefit to me in the long run that it forces you to look longer at it. For me, if I'm studying text to teach or, or to write on or whatever, then often it's good for me to shut the computer and just look at the text and, and keep that in front of me, get a notebook or, or paper or something out and write my notes down. Uh, because once I ho- open the computer and start transferring or start looking things up, I get distracted so easily. I might hit the wrong thing. It's happened this morning. I was opening a file to work and I saw something else. And before I knew it, I had spent 15 minutes organizing files and said, wait a minute, that's not what I was here for. And I think probably we all have uh, scenarios like that. And so uh, sometimes the, the computers, I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of technological tools, but sometimes it's better to shut it and, and to simply focus on a text or an item in front of us in hard copy. Brandon, this is always uh, a timely topic, but it's certainly something that so many people struggle with today, as you as you said when we began. And so, thank you for writing this book, and thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Thanks for having me on. I hope it's helpful. James, I remember when I saw this book; um, it was sort of a pre-publication kind of thing. I was I was really surprised to see Brandon's name associated with it, not because I had any reason to think he wasn't incredibly productive but just because it's 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 not what i associate with him but a, a very helpful book and i and i think uh it's the kind of thing it's a short book it's the kind of thing that lots of people could benefit from not least as he mentioned students and others who are involved in christian ministry yeah and i think i think brandon walks through a series of just practical things to consider uh potential productivity subverters uh he mentioned in our interview uh especially online where things are sort of presenting themselves to us in colorful rapid fire um but he he deals with a number of other things beside just technology um he talks about um 
family and rest, refreshment, um, routine, even the question of how to sustain energy uh, and not burn out because you can sort of have rapid productivity and then burn out. And again, I think I, the value is not that this is um, anything new or novel with Brandon, but it is his desire as a biblical scholar to root his counsel squarely in the text of scripture and let our convictions about work and labor and, and rest and all of that be driven by scripture's own prescriptions for um, our humanity and for living to the glory of God. I also and, think he touched on something that you and I have touched on uh, sometimes on the podcast, but often outside of the boundaries of the podcast, which is the the general shallowness of much of what is even written and published uh, in theological studies. And so uh, I, I think what he traces that to is distraction and the, and the sort of idea of wanting to be the biggest celebrity. Having your name in lights. Right. We tend right. to think of it in terms of um, products that are well known, but a mother caring for her children or cooking meals and cleaning clothes or going to work in a cubicle where you're not seen and you're not known, you feel like a cog in a machine, that that, that in fact there's a dignity yeah. to working heartily unto the Lord, even in these places that are maybe unsung and unnoticed, um, and that productivity doesn't equate with notoriety. Right, and that's true in everyday life. It's also true in theological studies, in uh, the work of the ministry. So and in any case, helpful book for many people. It's called Everyday Matters, A Biblical Approach to Productivity. And we'd like to thank you as our listeners for listening to us today, for giving us some of your time. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, please feel free to send those to us. If you're able to donate, you can do that at AllianceNet.org or PlaceForTruth.org. There's a little drop-down for you to donate there. Also, if you'd like to win a copy of Everyday Matters, A Biblical Approach to Productivity, you can go to PlaceForTruth.org, click on the Theology on the Go link, and there will be an opportunity there for you to enter to win a copy of the book. And as always, thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. So you'd like to do more with your church's website, especially in this day and age when keeping your members and visitors informed is so important. Hi, Eric here from Reformed Media. I've developed Reformation Sites as an easy-to-use website platform to help Reformed churches reach out more effectively. With many beautiful mobile-ready designs to choose from, helpful services, and useful features such as Sermon Manager, online bulletins, courses, and notifications, your church's website will be ready the next time a major event happens. It also integrates with other popular services like Sermon Audio, online donations, and live streaming with pricing that fits into any church budget. To celebrate the launch of Reformation Sites, we're offering free basic setup for a limited time. The first 30 signups may also receive a free wordmark logo designed for their church. Go to ReformationSites.com to get started today, or call me, Eric, at 561-900-6886 to explore the possibilities. Reformation Sites, church websites for a modern reformation.